Hey, Chismosos. I'm Stephanie. I'm Igby. And we are... Going up on a Tuesday. Just kidding. It's not Tuesday. Not you don't Tuesday. even know what that means. <laughs> it's a song. Who sings it? Oh, don't do that. <laughs> it's fine. He's not even relevant anymore. Oh, okay. He's dead and gone. Oh. Well, not actually. Oh. <laughs> I was like, wow, way to bring it way down. But we are the Cheesemit Queens. And if you're new to this podcast, Cheesemit means gossip. All the gossip. We have all the tea on Married at First Sight. Today we are covering Married at First Sight Season 16, Episode 7. And they are in Nashville. Back from honeymoon, kind of. Part honeymoon, part Nashville. But before that, let's do some cheesemen. Igby, do you have any cheesemen? You know I do. Let's hear and it. And of course, some of it would have come out right after we recorded an episode. Because <laughs> I was like, wait, was that this week or last week? But it was like literally right after we recorded. <laughs> so it looks like we have another zero for five season, third one in a row. Our final couple in San Diego has called it quits. As we've been saying for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks now. <laughs> Lindy and Miguel have finally confirmed that they are no longer together on Monday or Tuesday. No, I want to say it was Monday. It was ahead of Valentine's Day. Yeah. Lindy put up a post saying that with great heartbreak, her and Miguel are announcing their divorce. Uh, They also had an exclusive with People Magazine in regards to it. So that dropped. Uh, Miguel didn't release a statement. He just said, copy paste what Lindy said. I thought it was a little different because his was two pages long and then lindy put some uh she made it all caps one word all caps like to insinuate that he didn't do something well see on his Mm -hmm. (laughs) she has a line that says sadly it's impossible to stay married if both people are not equally committed to the success of the marriage and he circled equally yes that's what it was there you go sounds like so what you trying to say miguel Mm. let us know we try we been telling you you can tell us like we're not gonna say nothing to anybody except we're gonna say everyone <laughs> they're not listening that's fine so yeah third season in a row we ended up at zero for zero at the end of the day and they wonder why people don't run to sign up for this show right and still no word if anything's happening past denver so this is true um funny thing that i noticed going through their instagrams was that Miguel was also in Vietnam. She was, we, everybody was like, where's Miguel? Where's Miguel? When Lindy was posting all the things. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. And he made his stuff public. So mm-hmm. he has a whopping like 8,000 followers or so. More than me. So. Same. Same. <laughs> so if you haven't gotten enough of this show, there's even more to come because they've just released the new Married at First Sight schedule going forward. So. We're still going to have our Nashville episodes on Wednesday for the hour and a half and Mm -hmm. the after party for 30 minutes. Then on Thursday, they're going to be premiering. Well, it's the season premiere of Married at First Sight Couples Couch at 7 and then at 8 Married at First Sight UK, which is a series premiere. Oh. That's brand new. Okay. So if you have another two hours a week to waste on this there you go thursday nights tune in now i did get some scoop about the couple's couch situation which is weird because there's no couples no <laughs> like there's way. Co- well i'm like we like we just said the last three seasons haven't had anybody that stayed together right. so unless they and there's only been like 10 anyway. So, right. <laughs> and half those people don't want to be on TV anymore. anymore. Yeah. So it's slim picking. So they had to put like single people on and like oh, pair them up. Oh, that's hilarious. So it's like kind of deceiving calling it couple's couch, but that's what was already called. <laughs> that's just sad. <laughs> I love so it. Love it. it looks like we are going to have some cu- couples that we had before, including Jamie and Beth from Charlotte. Ashley and Anthony from Chicago, Shanice and Jepty from Boston, round one, uh, Jamie and Doug from New York, and then Woody and Amani from New Orleans. Okay. Those we cool. are also going to have Katina and Olajuwon, but they were a couple at the time, but aren't Ooh. anymore. So that should be interesting. That should be very interesting. <laughs> as far as the singles, we're going to have Lindsay from Boston. No. Clara. Virginia, Gil, no, no. Mirla, no. Ryan. No. 
and Ryan and Gil are like together. They're like hanging out together. Oh, weird. Yeah. He said, Ryan says, ladies, settle down. Oh, please. Oh, please. <laughs> and then on top of that, if you want to put 10 on 20, then they just have some randos in there. <laughs> what do you mean? There's going to be two podcasters, Justin and Shay Davis, whoever the fuck they are. Okay. Uh, some actress named Erica Ash, never heard of her. A former NFL punter named John Ryan <laughs> and his wife, Sarah. <laughs> Who the fuck are any of these people? <laughs> um, I guess. Are they just super fans? Is that how this is? I don't know. I do not know what they are doing. <laughs> I guess we will find out on Thursday. I quickly Googled who Erica Ash is, and she is more scary movie part five. Bitch, who saw that? <laughs> <laughs> That's the biggest. Okay. You would have been better off naming a Lifetime movie than Scary Movie 5. A Netflix original probably got seen more than that. Oh no! So I'll uh, we'll see if I I might just tune in just to see what the hell is this because yeah. <laughs> it sounds very confusing. I don't have time for like another series like Married at First Sight UK to be consistent. Like I'll drop yeah. in once in a while, but I do I do want to see Couples Couch and all that. But also I don't want it to like sway my views. Okay. Okay, that's all good stuff. Hmm. Hold up. Wait, there's still more. On the same thing? Oh, no, no, no. Oh, <laughs> I was like, what <laughs> else can you drop on us? Oh my goodness. The episodes are in 3D. <laughs> <laughs> I was keeping a little bit of an extra eye on social medias this week. Like we said before, last week, well, this week, whatever, was Valentine's Day. So I was like, who's going to be telling a business? Because you know that's how it goes. Everybody yes. gets thirsty. So your girl, Virginia. No, not my girl. <laughs> yeah, your girl. Well, it seems like she's for the girls because she's seemingly come out. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, good for, for you coming into your own. Hey, man, do your thing. She said that in the caption, um, one of the things she said is that she was debating about posting it because... The quote-unquote fans can be really harsh and brutal, but she says that she feels empowered and she wants to live her true authentic life despite what other people might think about it. Anybody has something to say about it can get blocked and deleted real quick. <laughs> love who you want to love. Just be a good person. That's all it is. So she's doing her thing. Good for her. Cool. I wonder if Eric's going to be like, you know how some men, he's like a George Costanza, like he reminds me of George Costanza-esque. No? Does he give you those vibes? Not you? I'm not thinking about Eric. Okay. <laughs> he always gave me those vibes where he thinks he's more than he actually is. <laughs> mm. Well, I can see that. Yeah. And you know, we can't talk about Virginia and not talk about Clara, her oh, butt dear. buddy. Yeah. So it looks like she's debuting a new man oh. as her Valentine this year. Okay. So... Their joint dating efforts did not pan out, so they went nope. single ways. Looks like it. All right. Uh, I haven't really seen them hanging out. I don't know. I haven't really kept up too much. Their stories get buried way, way down in the algorithm. <laughs> As they should. So, oh, more congratulations in order. Well, our 1.5 surviving couples from New Orleans. <laughs> It's the anniversary week, so I think this would have been three years for them. So congratulations to Amani and Woody and fake Karen and Miles. That tickles me. That damn ad came up in my feed again this week. And it was, they're still like dragging her to hell. I'm surprised <laughs> so they didn't funny. turn off the comments. I don't know. It's more engagement. I guess. Analytics. Yeah. Speaking of Instagram, one thing I did notice, which I don't know if this is just me being me or what, but... <laughs> I noticed that the Married at First Sight, like, official Instagram, mm -hmm. you know how they post tweets of the week? Yes. They're all from black people. And I'm like, mm, is this a strategy? What is, why is that? I don't know. Could it be demographic? That's what I'm thinking. They're trying to skew. I always thought, and I could be wrong, that more minorities watch this show than other. Now. Now. Now, now. that it's yes. messy as fuck. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. But so. I think they pivoted that way, though. Oh, okay. That's why it, like, made something go off. And I'm yeah. like, okay, is this just me being me? Because you know how I be. I be taking down the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> I be looking and looking. Well, that's marketing. Well, I mean, hey, we're here. We're here. We're listening. <laughs> I know you see me. I know I've been on that list a couple times. 
So <laughs> I can't even be mad. Jasmina and uh, Katina are still hanging heavy. I saw that. Of of course. Um, last night they were at a division show. Do you know who that is? Mm-mm. Sing me a song. Psh, bitch, I don't even know. I know who he is. <laughs> I couldn't, if like somebody held a gun to my head and said, give me a lyric, I'd be dead. <laughs> Uh, but they seem to be having a good time. Jasmina was lucky enough to make her way onto the stage and get a little serenade. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, mm-hmm. okay. Then I started thinking, <laughs> would I want that to happen to me? And if so, who? Her, her caption said, and now I'm pregnant. <laughs> she she enjoyed it. I don't know. I think I'd be freaked out. Yeah, I don't think I'd, I, I don't think I'd enjoy that. I don't even listen to anybody that would make that even possible. Like... I listen to like dumb pop songs, so no, like rap, rap, like I'll shoot you in the face. I'm a gang member for real, <laughs> type. <laughs> that's not happening. Like scream core metal, that's not cute. It just would not be possible. <laughs> you know when somebody is screaming in your face while you sit in a chair? Uh, and there could be one person. <laughs> I might be into it, but not in general. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Speaking of Katina. Olajuwon, if you were wondering, he has custody of the cat. The cat is still alive. Well, <laughs> and well. I'm glad the cat is well. <laughs> I wonder how they decided that. Maybe the cat just liked him better. That's how I would decide. Maybe. I feel like it was his idea to get the cat. Mm-hmm. So that's how it went. Maybe. On to this season's tea. So I guess, spoiler alerts if you don't want to know some season 16 secrets. Ooh. So word on the street is that... Well, at the end of this episode, we see that Clint and Gina are having a little bit of static. Yes. When they're talking to Pastor Cal. And there was also a commercial during the episode where it says that Gina doesn't move in. I didn't see that. But yes, I saw your tweet and I was like paying attention during the preview at the end. But it didn't, that didn't come up. So I was like, oh. One of them sneak commercials that they put in there to confuse you. If you missed it, you missed it. Okay, I, I missed it. <laughs> but... <laughs> The word is that they do actually move in together, but they never sleep in the same room. Oh. So it's straight roommates for eight weeks, eh. which I thought was going to be shacking uh, Kirsten, but... Mm. Hmm. I'm surprised. I thought maybe they would bang at least once. I feel like Gina got the ick mm. and that it's over. Yeah, maybe so. They were buddy-buddy this episode, so I wonder what happens between now and... And next episode, what's, what happens? What happens? Because they were all chummy and such. She was going to eat some ice cream before bed. And he <laughs> said, do you really want to have that? <laughs> uh, the only other thing was it was revealed during after party by Jasmine that that final hookup two weeks before they got married was a mutual friend. I saw that. And I want to know how fast she hit that friend up. <laughs> Or how close of a how friend close, it is, too. Yeah. How close is that friend? Maybe not so close, because you would think she would have told people they were that she was going through this process. But can they? I think so. They don't know that they'll, mm. they've been picked, but they can say... I tried out for. Yeah. I don't know. Mm. I want more details on that, Jen. Oh, uh, me too. I'm surprised she even told us that. Yeah. Because she definitely didn't have to. That tells me they're not together, because she's just going to air out every... That's my guess. I mean, that could be very true. I believe that is all of the tea that I have this week until I remember some later, like I do every week. (laughs) My tea is not as good as yours, as always, Um, but I have a little bit. So Stasha, who said that she- Don't get checked. I know. That was real quick on there. I was like, ew. And did you know that Jasmine wasn't even like looking at her when she was talking? She was just talking. She was talking to Keisha, but saying, it's so nice to meet you, Stasia. Um, but you know how she always said that she was going to keep Barnes, even if she was going to divorce Nate? Oh. Yes, I tweeted about this. Oh, did you? Mm-hmm. I think I know. Well, she's back to Karcher, so still kept her name. Um, has is in the process of freezing her eggs. There's no one that she is dating. Also, she's, I was wondering what she was going to pivot to with her YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. And it turns out, because you know how Nate has pivoted to, I'm a day trader. I've made so much money day trading. Um, Sign up for your one-on-one coaching or sign up on master. Okay, so now Stasha 
is going the route of so many of you have asked me how or uh, what is the process of buying a house and how I make let me tell you all the steps on how to pick the right property so that's the route she's okay yeah <laughs> so there's that um also Jose of Houston remember he was filming in San Antonio and like why no oh, okay well he's he, he was filming in San Antonio uh a few maybe a few months back I don't know but turns out he was filming a commercial for travel San Antonio so that commercial is up now you can see that he is barely in the commercial <laughs> and it's all like really far quick shots <laughs> and he was so jazzed to come down here instead of taking a real vacation I know <laughs> So, but he said he's a po- perfect spokesperson. He was pretty proud of it. I mean, it's another income stream for him. So congrats. That is up if y'all want to go see it on his page. He got a like voucher for one ride on the like river barge. <laughs> there is a scene of him on the river barge. <laughs> of course. there. What the hell else is there to do here? <laughs> they had a pizza that looked really good. And I'm like, where is that pizza? You have to go to travel San Antonio. Whatever the fuck, sanantonio.com. <laughs> Um, Cody from Married at First Sight Season 5 in Chicago got engaged recently. And last, Clint, three guys out sailing. His his grooms, the other groom members, because they all went sailing. His fellow grooms. Other grooms mm-hmm. of this cast went sailing with Clint. And they look like they don't sail much. <laughs> Shocker. I know. What? You mean to tell me McKinley wasn't the premier first mate oh shoot who's been doing he's, this his whole life he's the, you know what he's the only one not there <laughs> never mind it's Shaq, Eris, and chris sailing with clint that's because him and mckinley have beef over dominique duh oh ooh, juicier than i even i didn't even wasn't even going that Hello. far <laughs> look at the dots connecting bro oh my gosh <laughs> that's but that's all I have. They went sailing without McKinley. Bloop. <laughs> if you do have any Cheesemit, go ahead and send it to us on our social media. On Instagram, we are at Queen Podcast. And on Twitter, we are at Queens. And on Wednesdays, it be live tweets the episode. It's always a party. True that. Also, if you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to give us five stars on Apple Podcast and on spotify okay let's get into this episode married at first sight season 16 episode 7 Igby, hit me with the title i hate it say it you're making me crazy they had to do it before they left <laughs> so we start off the episode with the group scene it's the last night of the honeymoon everybody's having dinner together and I know last week we were like, oh, they're showing the walk-ins to this group dinner, but Gina and Clint are not in those scenes that they're showing. But they're there, and they're fine, apparently. Everybody's at this group dinner, and so Gina asked the group to rate uh, their relationships. I hate that production makes them do this, because it always ends poorly. Yes. Yeah, it, her asking this qu- question is completely producer-driven, you can even even see her looking up like as if she's trying to remember what she's going to say because somebody fed her this line. But yeah, she's asking everybody if uh, to rate their relationship as it stands here at the end of the honeymoon. Um, they start with McKinley and Dominique. McKinley says that they've hit some speed bumps, but there's room to grow. And most of the the speed bumps are on him. He's owning that, but he's at a seven and a half. And Dominique, he says he wants to work together so that they get to a 10. And he, <laughs> then Dominique throws him some shade and says, thank God I coached those 12 year olds last year. You shouldn't say that if you want to get closer to your man. And She's an interesting character. Well, on After Party on this one, People were saying, who was it? Jasmine and Nicole were on there, right? So they said that Mm -hmm. Dominique and McKinley were very touchy-feely throughout this whole dinner scene. And they, you know, in the episode, you don't see that. Um, So much so that they snuck off for a while and then came back. So apparently there was like a little dance break in this this dinner where everybody was dancing around Mm -hmm. and hanging out and whatever. And they snuck off, which they thought was weird because Dominique loves to dance. She was dancing all right. <laughs> they suspect that they consummated the marriage and that's what that's what's up. Because a lot of people too I saw were saying that this is the first time where nobody did anything at all during the honeymoon. Like 
at least we get a sexy shower or something, but <laughs> these people all hate each other. <laughs> so far, yeah. Yeah, I would think that at least Nicole got it in, but not at all. So then we move on to Chris and Nicole. Chris says that this is beyond what he expected. He's like at an 8.2. He's... He thinks they're a really great match, um, but he doesn't want to, you know, give it more than what it is, right? Nicole says that she's going to give an 8.2 as well, which was really weird that he came up with an 8.2 because they're, like, already on the same wavelength, which is crazy. Because he guessed her name, and so did he. I don't know why they're doing this. <laughs> it's weird. Y'all are being weird. She said she would really almost rate it a 10, but because they only know, like, 1% of each other, she's not going to do that. And they don't know each other for real, for real. So she's going to stick with the 8.2. And an ITM Clint says that he thinks Nicole is going to take Chris for a ride. Not a sexual ride, which Gina thought that's what he meant. But a ride in that she's going to stomp all over him. An emotional yeah. ride. Um, so then we get to Kirsten and Shaq. Uh, Kirsten, Kirsten says that Shaq plays too much jokes too much and Dominique's like yeah I feel that um that she thinks there's a time and a place for fun and jokes and she thinks that but other than that things are going well so she's gonna put them at a seven and Shaq says he's happy with the seven he's he agrees Gina and Clint are next and Gina says that she is pleased at where they're at um, she's going to give a five and um, she's hopeful and she's still in it. And Clint says that he's going to give it a 5.5 um, because they've come such a long way. They've been through the ringer and came out the other end. Jasmine says they're good. Jasmine and Eris are next. Jasmine says they're good. They've had a few hiccups. He said he's never been in love. So that's giving her some, you know, she's reservations. Um, but maybe he hasn't met the right girl yet. And maybe your girl's the right girl. So she's at a 7.5 or maybe an 8. And he says he's at a 7, which all the men look at each other and like, you are lying. <laughs> I know that's what I said. I'm like, why are they up here lying to each other and lying to us? Like All the men are just lying. Yeah. Max, the only one in the <laughs> ITN that says he feels like some people are lying through this process. But okay. Um, I think, what did Eris rate her? Four? Mm -hmm, like four yeah, or five. earlier when he was just talking to the guys. Um, so Eris says he's still hopeful that they can get to a 10. And then Chris is a little budinsky and asks, well, do you think you can fall in love with her? And Jasmine's kind of not with this question at the moment in front of everyone. And she says, okay, deep questions. Eris says that, um, you know, that's what he signed up for. The goal is to fall in love and be married and stay married. It's only been a week. So he feels like this is all very crazy to be talking about that. But okay. And that's all That's all they had. At that was enough. Agreed. <laughs> you want to talk about Clint and Gina? Well, nonetheless, they open the episode at the very top. Uh, they're kind of continuing the conversation from last week's episode where Gina's kind of rehashing what happens. She's recalling this terrible conversation with Clint where he suggested that she's not athletic or slender enough for him in contrast to the women that he's dated in the past. She said that she and Clint tried to talk through it, but Clint doesn't see anything wrong in what he said. She says that they've been talking in circles. She honestly is disgusted at this yeah. point. She says that she feels like it was a really nasty thing for him to say. And for him to not think that he said anything wrong is a huge red flag for her. So this is when I think, this is the point where she's like, I'm checked out completely. Mm -hmm. So while that's happening, Clint is actually meeting up with Eris and Chris to kind of talk about what's going on. Clint says that Gina went after him and accused him of calling her thick or fat or whatever word she used. Uh, he insists that it wasn't his intent. And he was just trying to give her a point of reference about the kind of women that he typically dates or has dated in the past. Uh, he says that he apologized, but she's basically saying it's unforgivable. But on the same, on the other hand, she's calling him a ginger and a redhead, light skin. <laughs> and those aren't terms of endearment either. So there was what so the hell? many minorities having issue with Clint saying light skinned when white, but I saw a lot on the face on the Facebooks on the Facebook groups. It was mm. uh, it was a hot topic. I had to laugh today because I was watching you uh -huh. earlier and uh, like old. I'm still in season yeah, two. I'm not, I didn't even finish season one. And uh, and I liked it. 
He's, yeah, I know that's, I said the same thing. I was like, I'm going to catch up before the new season started. And then the new season, <laughs> and I'm not caught up. <laughs> uh, but the little girl, she was like, oh, I'm so glad to hear you're not racist against gingers. And I was like, is this really a thing? Because <laughs> his ex was redhead. You know what? Now that you're saying that, because red hair run, even though I'm Hispanic, red hair runs in my family. And my, my husband <laughs> kept saying, I hope he doesn't come. When, when I was pregnant, I hope he doesn't have red hair. Red hair people are evil. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, that's not true. I know some redheads and they're fine. He's like, they're evil. <laughs> Weird. Yes, I too am historically blessed with the blood of the Irish. <laughs> and I too know the odd one-off yeah. redhead person of color. <laughs> It's like, oh, wait. No. So my dad is one of nine. One, four of the nine have red. Yeah. Wow. Mm, he could turn. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look at my uh, my stepson. He was blonde. Now he has brown. So maybe, maybe. I don't know how that works. Genetics. Too complicated yes. for us. But anyway. Uh, so at this point, Eris advises Clint that he needs to acknowledge and validate Gina's concerns and how she interpreted the comment because this topic could be an insecurity or a trigger for her. You know, again. This is day seven or eight. You don't know her past. Mm -hmm. You don't know her history. For all you know, Gina could have lost 100 pounds five years ago. And like, you have no idea. Um, But Clint said that now he's been typecast as a man who doesn't like bigger women, quote unquote. And that's just not fair. (laughs) Literally, your statement was, I like slender athletic women. (laughs) At this point, Chris says that Clint is... The kind of person that's just very blunt in his way of speaking. He's the person that just tells it like it is and says whatever's on his mind, Um, which they agree. Clint admits that he could have been more poignant or more um, eloquent in the way that he kind of expressed this sentiment, Um, especially since it wasn't just her that was offended. It offended all of the Mm -hmm. women in the group. He says that he's going to have to do some soul searching and really think about the situation and, you know what he said and what needs to be said going forward. He says that this is not the way this was supposed to go. Everything has gone sideways now. It's insane. This is not what I, I had my plan together and this ain't it. (laughs) All this shit is falling apart and I don't know what to do. (laughs) So that's the end of that scene. It cuts to two hours later. They let us know uh, in a little like Chiron on the screen. Clint at this point has apologized to Gina in their room off camera. Gina says that he seemed to be understanding and that he also gave her an opportunity to clarify why this whole thing upset her so much and would have been hurt and why it would have been hurtful to everyone else in the room. So now he's able to kind of grasp the weight of, you know, his words. So then we had after that, that was the whole group dinner where he gives his speech which was ridiculous. I love how it totally got hijacked. Like, I wonder how long it seemed long in the episode. So I wonder how long it was in real. 45 minutes. Jasmine and Nicole on after party said that it was 45 minutes. And even in all that, he didn't apologize, but I guess he made amends with who he needed to make amends with, which is his wife. And if she's letting it go, then everybody else has to let it go. Basically. It reminded me of, and, and I hate that Stasha brought it up. But there was a lot of, like a lot of similarities between Mitch and Clint where uh, what did was it Kristen? Yeah. Kristen say we have to be team mm-hmm. Mitch, you know, so everybody has to be team Mitch. And it's kind of like the same thing here. If Gina's going to be team Clint, everybody has to. But Sasha said this was like the twilight for her because <laughs> there was the same type of dudes. Mm hmm. Uh, the next little clip we see of them is their last day in Jamaica. They're getting ready to for the airport. They're in bed. And they have a little diary cam where apparently this fabulous group dinner gave uh, Clint food poisoning <laughs> and he was having quite a hard karma? time. I'm maybe sure that's karma there. <laughs> maybe have a very uncomfortable flight home. Thanks for flying. Oh, that sounds horrible. <laughs> Luckily, Bahamas to Tennessee should only be only be a couple hours, I would think. But still, traveling when you are sick like that is not fun as my stomach gurgles. <laughs> You are always getting sick on vacation. I know. I get sick 99.9% of the time. Uh, The next scene we see of them is them settling into their new apartment. Now, you know, this is my favorite part when they do the (laughs) move-ins. So I was being nosy and did some research on the complex that they live in. So they are at the Central Sobro, which is a very interesting concept. Now, these apartments are... It's like a hybrid kind of situation 
where it's apartments where you can rent, Mm -hmm. like lease, like normal. They also have the option to rent a place as Airbnb, like certain residents have the option through, I guess, property management through their partnership with Airbnb to like lease Mm -hmm. out their apartments if they're not home. And you can also do like, um, like long-term midterm, not long-term. Yeah. 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 Uh, so it's very, it was interesting to me. Uh, so I thought it's, it's an interesting concept. Um, I know the apartment that it looks like they have the floor plan is going for a little under $3,500 a month, which I thought the cost of living in Nashville was supposed to be pretty reasonable. Well, they're pretty fancy apartments, though. And the whole thing, too, with this company or this property management company is they're catering to, like, uh, work-at-home renters. So they have a lot of, like, co-working spaces and all Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Uh, That's a big part of their amenities. They've popped up in... um, a lot of the major cities. They do have a location in Denver, so I wonder if this is Ooh, part of a deal. That's smart. Also, I wonder if this is part of their marketing too, because this had come up on my Instagram in my feed as an ad before I knew oh, this is wow. where they were staying. And they were marketing with um, Matt James, the dude from The Bachelor. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, are they doing what's the reality yeah. TV angle they're playing here? So I said, hmm. It just just yeah. some thoughts going around in my that mind. That is interesting. So, yeah, I mean, that's their big thing is like these premium amenities, courtyards, rooftop pools, gym, yoga, all, the all cool that kind stuff of stuff. that the cool kids wanted. Right. And then being centrally located, they're like smack dab in the middle of mm. downtown Nashville where like yeah. everything is happening. So very walkable, all that kind of stuff. So it seemed really small, though. I know we've said this before. I mean, nobody's going to get the real estate like they had in Houston. But I was like, that bed looks young as hell. Why is it so small? (laughs) (laughs) They like both can't fit in it. (laughs) So I don't know. We'll see how that goes. But that was my intel on the central Sobro. So back to Clinton, Gina. Um, So they're settling into the apartment. Gina said that while on the honeymoon, her marriage got set back. She knows marriage takes work and that love can grow over time. She's been in relationships before where things weren't just like on fire right off the bat. So she knows, you know, it can be done. There's a possibility. So she's still holding out hope a little bit or she's (laughs) making it seem like that. Uh, Clint says he's excited to fill up the fridge with food. He's ready to have friends over. He's ready to have, you know, Taco (laughs) Tuesday up in there. They just need to find some more chairs. There's not going to be room for the love sack. Speaking of how small the apartment are. We have are. a love sack. Gigantic. Yeah. There's no way. No way. Look. And this is where I got worried because they're sitting down on the couch and Clint asked Gina, you know, where's Hank going to be during the day? I was like, uh-oh. He's going to be another <laughs> Mitch and be bitching about the dog. Remember when we were saying that Ryan was trying to poison Brett's dog? <laughs> mm, yes. And then poor, poor dog passed away. <laughs> Oh, man. But Gina says, you know, the dog will stay here. He obviously can't be at the salon for, like, health and yeah. safety reasons. Um, she's like, if you want to take him, you can take him with you. And uh, it goes to an ITM where Clint says that he is a dog person, thankfully. He's really actually excited about having a dog. He says that because of work, he travels so much, he hasn't been able to have a yeah. pet in the last few years. So he's psyched. He's yeah. all he's for it. He's more psyched about the dog than the woman. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then, I mean, that's pretty much the end of them. He says that he's looking forward to getting to know Gina on the next level. And then their scene ends with them doing our favorite thing, jerking off toothbrushes <laughs> into their mouths. It seemed very, I was like, why are they, we know they brush their teeth, but why are they doing it like that? <laughs> this is strange. I know. I think they actually, yeah, they have to be like, okay, y'all brush your teeth together. So because our, our audience expects it. So go and action. <laughs> I'm surprised that you haven't seen like a little Colgate right? ad pop up. I know. If you watch it on Amazon, you get these weird pop ups like, get Jasmine's dress here. Mm-hmm. Really? If you watch it on the TV. Oh, oh. Mm-hmm. I was like, I've never seen that. It's weird. It is weird. Weird. <laughs> I wouldn't want to get any of their clothes, especially not Dominique. Nicole remind Nicole's dress during the dinner scene reminded me of like like late 80s Barbie, big puff sleeves, tropical attire. Just gave me Barbie vibe. <laughs> 
I don't even remember. I don't remember what it looks like. <laughs> um. All right. Well, let's get going with Kirsten and Shaquille. Very short. Hardly any screen time. Does that mean they're getting along and they love each other? No, they probably just don't talk to each other at all. Literally <laughs> is no footage. <laughs> maybe so. Maybe so. Um, we first see them in the uh, at the honeymoon in the hotel. And Kristen is commenting about how Shaq is so messy. His clothes are absolutely everywhere. And he says, that's because I'm on vacation. My house is not like this at all. He's super organized. He says even his clothes are all color coordinated in the closet. And that's it for that scene. <laughs> Very short. And then we really don't see them until they're settling into the shared apartment. And um, she, he asks how organized she is in her closet. And she says it's a mess. But it's not going to be a mess with them together. Mm. They then have a very lively discussion on how to do laundry. I was like, wow, this is... That was so weird when she was like, yeah, like, what's your recipe? Like, what ingredients do you use <laughs> yeah. for your laundry? I'm like, who know. says that? You know, people are very particular about how they do their laundry, but ingredients? I don't know. But... So, um, so they're talking about that. Um, they both just put their clothes in the washer and that's about it so they are happy that they're on the same page with Reed. and then we see them cozied up in bed they look real i don't know comfortable with each other they're cozied up on the on the sofa did you notice how she was like playing on his knee a little bit she's like really trying to get in his space and he's loving it um she asks how he thinks this will all be Shaq says that he, they just have to learn each other's habits and you know they're they've both been used to being alone for a while and they just have to adjust their living styles she says she's happy with Shaquille they're in a good space and she hopes that they can grow together and get where they need to and then we see them in bed all cozy and all cuddled up comfortable with each other that's the end of their scene <laughs> All right, who do you want to talk to talk about next? I guess we can talk about Chris and Nicole. So, again, I know we said we're for the shortened episodes, but it just seems like, I don't know, like it goes by super, super duper fast. I'm for the short episodes. I'm not either. I mean, I'm not mad at it either, but it just feels like, like, how is it? <laughs> the show's over and like we haven't even seen yeah, some of the couples. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it just seems like it's going super fast. It's strange. It's just like just like RuPaul's Drag Race. They went down to an hour from an hour and a half. And now, like, they don't even have time to show them talking to each other. They have to immediately go to, like, the competition part because they don't have time for anything else. So it's like, I don't know who's who, why somebody's mad at somebody else, because they don't have time to show any of it. And I feel like that's what's happening here. Where It's like, wait, what happened at the end of the... How come you're... The first scene we see of you is you're already in Nashville. What, ha what happened at the end of the honeymoon? But I digress. So Chris and Nicole. So the first scene we see of them is drama and the ultimate troll by production that, that had everybody wrong. pissed off and has been a huge, it's been like the topic of the week. People have a yes. lot of feelings about yes. Chris in this scene. So we see Chris on the patio at the hotel, just sobbing, like crying, crying. And Nicole comes over to him and she's asking him what's wrong. She's, um, you know, getting down on his level. She's trying to be as comforting as possible. Um, at this point, me and everybody else thought Chris's mm -hmm. grandma had died. His best friend accidentally fell off a mountain while they were hiking. And now he's in a coma. Something. Or like <laughs> some, something crazy. Something crazy and unexpected. But we find out that. Chris just learned that the new apartment that they're going to be moving into in Nashville won't be able to accommodate all of their pets because he has two dogs and Nicole has one. Mm -hmm. There's a limit. Now, this is my take on it. I get it. I don't know if I would be crying like this over a dog, but I'm not an animal person. I don't have a pet. I haven't had a pet since like the 90s. Um, So I can't relate on that. You had Frankenstein in the early aughts. I, I did have Frankenstein, my cat. <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> but my whole thing with this was it's not I could see this reaction if it was like an emergency situation and like you didn't know you had to think fast. But you knew signing up for this show that if you got selected, you were going to have to move mm -hmm. into this shared space. And I know I've lived in a few apartments. You have to 99% of the time there's a two dog restriction. And on top of that, most of the time there's a breed restriction. A lot of places do not want large dogs, which you have. So I thought that would have been where the uh, problem lied. Because he has like a husky and yeah, another large yeah. breed dog. 
and they're like and there's weight restrictions mm-hmm. too sometimes so i don't know why you didn't think any of this would come into play too caught up in the uh emotions aspect i guess i looked at it a little different me you know again i'm not that's a lot of tears that's for me I'll quote somebody I saw on Facebook. It would make my cat emoji dry up, right? This is too big of a reaction. But, and then I try try and look a little different, right? He has been alone for a very long time. You can tell by his desperation that he wants, needs like human interaction. I bet you this guy hasn't been hugged in a very long, you know what I mean? Like, I think he's on another level of dependency on this whole thing, right? And I think his dogs are pretty much like a support animal at this point because he does not get what he physically, emotionally needs. from. So that's how I was at. I was like, because this is a big reaction. That tells me trauma. That's how I was looking at it. Mm-hmm. I was like, ooh. And um, Nicole, she talks about this because like, Everybody was laughing about it on After Party, which was not nice. So Stasha's laughing, Jasmine's laughing, Keisha's laughing, and Nicole stands for her man. She's like, I don't think it's funny. And I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I know a lot of people were upset about Keisha's mm-hmm. attitude yeah, towards the whole thing. it wasn't nice. It wasn't a nice thing. Because like, when I see those type of, types of emotions, I, I think, I, I go trauma. That's where I go. Yeah, there's something deeper there. I mean, and you and you can tell with um his like like I said his desperation levels to making this work. He's like on a whole nother level. So, but but not enough of a but level yeah. to give up his dogs because he's like I'll do a lot of things, but I ain't giving up my dogs. So I was like, oh shit. Are you willing to pay uh fifty thousand dollars in <laughs> fees? Yeah. Or however much it is now. Uh, but yeah. In the scene, he's saying, you know, he can't abandon them. They mean everything to me. I can't have them barely involved in my life for eight weeks. So Nicole, you know, she says, okay. She, people, a lot of people are putting, or comparing her to Lindsay, where she's like, okay, here's this problem. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to just, you're not there right now. So I'm just (laughs) going to handle it. And what needs to happen will happen. She assures him that he's not going to have to abandon the dogs. They're going to figure out a solution. Um, You know, they hug. And Chris is extremely thankful for her support and, you know, her her positivity yeah. about the situation. She's like, we're going to figure it out. We're going to make it work. Whatever we have to do, we'll do. And it's going to be fine. Just calm down. So if they had to be, she says that if they have to be apart for a little bit in order to make it work, they can do that. They don't necessarily have to be on top of each other all the time. Um, she says that, well, she asked Chris to trust her. Um, so... He says, okay, if you say you can figure out a way for this to work, I'm going to trust you to do that. It's in your Mm -hmm. hands now, basically. So with that being said, this is when Nicole gets on FaceTime. She calls her dad uh, and she asks if he would be willing to um, help with the dog. And there was kind of, there were some different options they were talking about. They were talking about maybe sending Mm -hmm. the dog to Florida to be with the dad, or if there was some kind of rotation they could figure out where some of the dogs were there at some part of the time and then they switch and all of that um but nicole's dad says he's fine to take the dog to florida um but nicole is Mm. kind of between a rock and hard place too because she's like okay that's an option but i don't want to be away from my dog either for two months that just like chris is saying it would you know be hurtful to him she feels the same way about her pet um but she says that even though it would kill her, she, she's willing to consider it if that means, if that's the only yeah. option that they have, basically. Chris says that this really shows him that she's willing to do anything and everything to make this work. He thinks that it's amazing and he thinks that's what marriage is about. It's about compromise. Trying to help each other out, even making sacrifices yeah. if that be the case. So apparently Chris and Nicole talked to the um, EPs, the producers for the show about the dog options and they, I guess, determined that they still want Charlie around um, but Charlie is going to stay back at Nicole's apartment uh, with a family member watching him and then Chris's two dogs will be with them in the apartment and she says, you know, after these eight weeks, We'll be able to find a place where we can have a big old yard and all three of the dogs can run around and do whatever they want. That's the the goal at the end of the day. We just have to make it through these two months. Uh, So the next scene we see of them, they've already moved into the new apartment. 
they're testing out the couch. They're getting all snuggled up and they talk about the new apartment itself. Chris brings up that he wants them to call each other out, basically. If there's any problems or any issues, just bring it up and bring it to the forefront. It's better to talk about it in the moment than let it sit and fester and then it become a big issue, a big blow up, a fight. He's not trying to do that. He's not trying to have any drama. So if you see something, say something, basically. (laughs) They both agree that they are willing to adjust their habits to accommodate each other since they're going to be living together. Then Nicole starts (laughs) Nicoling, and she's like, if today was decision day, would you say maybe? And he's like, yeah, probably. And she's like, well, would you say yes? And he's like, uh, maybe. And then she has to, again, take it again, another step. Well, do you love me? And he's like, not right now. She's like, not yet. I like you. I thought all that dog stuff, I would get a a different answer. Yeah, and she's sure to say, oh, I don't love you either. (laughs) Jerk. But at the end, they both kind of laugh it off. Then they actually get into bed. And Chris uh, thanks Nicole for her support and being so great during this whole dog challenge situation. He's happy with the, um, you know, arrangement that they've kind of come up with, but it, um, Nicole is happy that they're kind of, were able to make the best of a kind of, you know, stressful, emotional situation. But that was pretty much them for the episode. They really pulled the okie doke for us, man. So I was like, oh up. no. They already said it was going to be a stressful week in Nashville. <laughs> and now somebody died. And now they're going to have to go to the funeral. And then they're going to have to introduce Nicole to all these other family members. And it's going it, to... I was man, out there. You went, my foil you hat really was far on. <laughs> it was on. And then I was like, oh, your dog... <laughs> needs a place to stay what? you know what production also knows the situation when they pick these pe- they should have mm-hmm. picked a apartment that could handle three dogs or make some sort of deal because it is only two months that they this particular couple can have three dogs they'll pay x amount of money so that this couple can have three dogs on after party stasha said that chris gave justin vibes with all his tears i was like mm, that's a little far and that the whole dog situation also gave last season vibes settle down anyway let's move on uh, dominique and mckinley we find them eating breakfast in bed mckinley thanks her for taking the sleep it's been super crazy and he just wants to thank her for doing it with and dealing with and dominique says now that she knows him she's really surprised that he did this at all just being on the honeymoon he's done things that are really outside of his comfort zone so this whole process should be like really really outside of his comfort zone and um, she says that he's been saying that he does all of these activities to make her happy but what she wants is for him to want to do these things that's not how this works this happens with my husband all the time like i want you to go to my parents house i want you to want to go to my parents house he's like why would i want to go to my your parents house when i can stay at my own (laughs) that's what i said on twitter like keeps telling you he doesn't do this stuff he doesn't want to do it exactly not how it works with any person in any kind of relationship people want to do the things they want to do and don't want to do the things they don't want to do and when somebody is doing them for you just say thank you i know you don't want to do this but thanks i appreciate that and that's like not in her vocabulary at all he says this is not who he is it's not his intent to sound to not sound excited about doing these things it's just that he's a midwestern guy that's how he talks to his brother and she stops him right there she's like i'm not your brother and he says he understands that but you know he's not trying to make her one of the boys but she does have to give him room to be himself dominique says that for her it doesn't feel like there's any room for her to have these moments because she's trying to support him and looking after him and trying to coach him and pushing him and kenley's like you know what i feel the exact opposite he's feeling very critiqued um now he's at the point where he's tiptoeing and trying not to piss her off and for him he's giving her the benefit of the of the doubt but he doesn't feel like that's reciprocated at all. It's like her way or the highway. Um, In an ITM, he's saying that, you know, it's getting pretty awkward at this point now. So it should be interesting and now. She then continues and says that she knows that in his heart, it's in the right place. 
Dating in Nashville has made her really hard on the inside. She says that she's trying and she doesn't want him to feel attacked. Attitude is part of her emotional and sexual attraction. So this is, you know, it's hard for her too. And he says he totally respects that. Then we see them on the couch in their new apartment. Um, they're both really glad to have some space so that they can like move around freely. He can get up early and she can have a sleep and they can still, you know, do their own thing. He says he's never really lived with a partner, but he has a sense of living with someone. Uh, she then asks if he's like a traditional guy, does he expect her to cook and clean? And he's like, absolutely not. In an ITM, Dominique says that it's really too early to say if the experts got it right or if they got it wrong. But she definitely thinks that they were matched because the things he needs to work on, she embodied. <laughs> that doesn't sound great. Okay. let me help you step up as an adult <laughs> that's what it sounds like at my sage old age of 25 so next scene we see them go to max space at his friend's parents basement he says that he doesn't have a ton of stuff he just transitioned he keeps using that word transitioned over here they in the past they have talked about his living situation but dominique says it's weird and it really feels like he didn't have a plan to stay so long and it's really unsettling for her so he's living in the basement um mckinley says that he's always had his own space uh his own place in his adult life and at one point even had two apartments and he didn't want to do that here so he's planning on picking out a part like hopefully at the end of all this they can pick out a place together which he never really articulates to her and i think if she like hears that maybe she would have taken this a different way so he shows her like the, the hangout spot that's next to his bedroom and it's got a lot of nice stuff but none of it's his um she then tells him that she can only judge him on the things that are actually his and since that's not in this room they move along and they go into the bedroom um, in the bedroom, there's like a big collage of family pictures um, and not his family. <laughs> so <laughs> she's not uh, about this life at all. She thought that some of the parts of him would be reflected in this room on display, but it is not. And this is making her even more nervous. She's like looking at the closet and he jokes, oh, it's not enough space for you, is it? And she's like, absolutely not. <laughs> so it's small. There's not a lot of privacy um mckinley asks if this is what she had imagined and she says it's bad for her because she doesn't have anything to judge him on in an itm she says she usually goes uh for guys who are more established and for his this just tells her that he has like a lack of initiative and again she keeps saying she's nervous uh while they're in the car he's like thoughts concerns anything and she says she doesn't know how he's been there so long in that situation and he says he didn't want to get anything new when they were going through this process she says that considering that he's been from michigan to california california to nashville he really has no ties so it, it seems like he's like a real free roamer and um that's all the stuff that's going through her mind she she doesn't have any plans to move from nashville so this is all very concerning to her. And he tells her that he came to Nashville um, and just didn't want to jump into a place. He wanted to make sure that he liked living there. And she's like, okay, so you're, you're unsure about jumping into a place, but you're okay with jumping into a marriage? And he seems a little apprehensive. And he's like, well, you're right. Um, no, you're right. Okay. And in an ITM, he closes it up with saying that he was really upfront from the get-go that this is um, how it was, and now it's a big deal to her. So and that's where we end with him. <laughs> hate that they have to pretend like they didn't move for this show. That that would just solve this. I whole really thing. think she just needs some like affirmation. You know, like I didn't want to buy. Why would I get a new place when we're getting married, and after we're done living together, we'd have we have to move again. That's all he had to say. That's all he had to say. So. And how long has he been here? Five months. We can assume, well, we'll give him like lazy bones, you know, first month, right? Okay. Then he's looking second month and second month turns into third month. And oh, I'm in this process now. You can look at it that way. She is. Yeah. I can't wait to see her place. Yeah. That. To me, I'd be like super nosy. Mm, can I see your bank account? And see, that's the <laughs> thing too, with the way the show is now. And even like going back to the whole chris and nicole situation if this was og married at first sight they had to find their own place to live they didn't just get this ready-made here you go yeah this is where you're gonna be 
situation. And two, the reason that was good was because it forced people to have to talk about finances because they had to figure out what their budget was for this new place. So you had to come with it. That's a fantastic point. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, that's all I have on them. Do you want to close up with Jasmine and Eris? Gem gem of a guy. I can't stand him. (laughs) Me neither. He is terrible. I feel bad that all my comments on Instagram are like, Still not with Eris. I hate this guy. <laughs> I had to give him props at one point when with Clint, he was being the voice of reason, which I thought it shocked the hell out of me. I was like, what? You are making sense about something? Wow. Didn't know that was possible. So I had to give you that one. But other than that, you can kick rocks. I can't stand you. Like, bye. Jasmine, please don't sleep with this man. Don't do it. Don't do it. She might not after learning that ER had slept with somebody two two weeks earlier. And it was someone she knew. And someone she knew. Because to me, that tells me you're not really about this. You're not, Mm -hmm. you were not ready to be a husband. If you were ready to be a husband, stop during this whole process. The first thing we see of him is he has a little like diary cam where he's saying that he's attracted to Jasmine, but their levels are just not in sync. Again, he has to let us know that Jasmine is way more into him than he is into her. Don't forget it, okay? So the next scene we see is them having breakfast at the hotel. And Eris said he had his, you know, he had his me time that morning. He was coming back from the gym. He said he did appreciate that she had breakfast there for him when he got back. And not no bacon, bacon just wholesome fruit. You know what? If I'm at an all-inclusive resort and they are served bacon, I don't have to cook it and it's available and I included, I'm I'm sorry. And it better be crispy, babe. That's right. I know my girl. (laughs) (laughs) He tells her that he's felt a shift in their dynamic and he, he kind of came to this conclusion after they had their different ratings on the marriage at the group dinner. Okay, so in after party... She says that's this is right after she found out that he had slept with her friend. They're mutual. So that's one of the hiccups she hints to. So Eris is telling her that he's beating himself up over the fact that he's not as attracted to her as he thinks he should be and that he feels like he could be doing better. And Jasmine says that she's giving him grace because their feelings for each other seem to be different. He says that he just wants her to be aware of where his head is at. It's been stressing him out. He's like, really like, damn, right now because he's getting more of a friend vibe. And that's not necessarily a bad thing because he knows if they were to, the plane were to crash tomorrow on the way back to Nashville, he has 100% confidence that she would be right there in the hospital next to him. You know, he goes as far to even say that she'd be there to wipe his ass. Like, when they're old and great like but would he uh-uh. absolutely not <laughs> he couldn't even massage that bitch's right. leg last week <laughs> and he ate all her lobster mm-hmm. asshole see he irks me but he says he's going back to the one week thing i've already figured out in this one week that's how you feel about me all the other stuff that'll come in time he just basically hopes that she'll continue to have patience with him and this is when we see jasmine in her itm where she's like I'm not trying to be anybody's friend. I'm trying to be a wife in these streets. And the word friend is not what you want to hear from your husband. Baby, had this conversation before. (laughs) Uh, So uh, then there's like a little short scene of them where they're getting ready to leave Jamaica. They're getting all their stuff packed up. They're kind of talking about how they want, what their hopes are for the apartment, what their kind of design styles are and stuff like that. And they end on, uh, they want a modern chic kind of look. Eris says he likes it, you know, neat and classy and he wants if somebody were to come into the home they would know black people live there and i said i know that's right he (laughs) says he likes his black art and all this stuff now i i'm into it but my third eye is still blinking um he's still giving me very very much woke vibes and i don't like that for jasmine is this the thing that you were said you were gonna not explain okay because of the bacon (laughs) and all that okay gotcha gotcha okay it's a thing. I still want to. I'll tell okay. you. Okay. I was like, I still want to read about it. <laughs> I don't want to be in the dark the rest of the season so I can pick up on these things as we watch. Once we get them back to Nashville, they're moving in together. They're at the door. They're in apartment 313. Shout out to Detroit. 
I was like, that's kind of cute. Uh, like she said, it's good juju. Yeah. Uh, then once they get inside the apartment, they start having this weird conversation about pooping in front of each other, which I don't, why is this even conversation? Why are we even talking about it? Who does that? Oh, well, I know people do do that, but like. <laughs> <laughs> we have whole ass conversations. <laughs> you also have a baby you can't. This is true. But we were doing this. <laughs> you kind of have We were to... doing this before the baby. <laughs> we, we're close, close. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no mystery. Because <laughs> uh, I don't like Jasmine. Okay, say the next thing that Jasmine says about. Oh, pooping. I wasn't going into oh, this. Oh, okay. Well, she says women don't poop. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not about that either. Like, you're just going to put on this facade for your man the rest of your life, theoretically. No. No, man. That's do. crazy to this me. This was a whole mm-hmm. storyline on Real Housewives of Potomac. Anyway, so they're getting settled in, and this is when Jasmine discovers that her husband is really bossy. Eris has made a lot of quote-unquote executive decisions, like where his storage area is going to be, how people have to take their shoes off when they're in the house, how the dogs aren't allowed to sleep in the bed or with them. Uh, She also says that Eris is very particular about things, such as the drawers in the dresser and in the bathroom and what belongs to him and not her and don't open it was it was a lot don't open it i was like oh what are you keeping in there his sex toys <laughs> duh that he will talk oh, about Lord. those later so and he just keeps getting worse so then the next scene is they're in the kitchen they're standing they're eating dinner and eris asked jasmine if there's anything that she would do over or change from the honeymoon and she starts to answer him and we see him eating this taco like the most ridiculous way I've ever seen anyone eat a taco. I was like, what the hell are you doing? What are you doing? I also was trying to see what was in the taco since we have had all this mystery about his dietary situation. It's fish, I couldn't right? tell what protein it was exactly, but I assume. Uh, so back to the question, Jasmine says that she wouldn't change anything because she's a believer in the theory like things happen for a reason. You know, the universe manifests whatever it's supposed to, blah, blah, blah. Mm. But it doesn't even matter what she said because uh, Eris is too busy jamming on his taco, doing a little happy dance. And is not paying attention to her whatsoever. Great. Glad to know you really cared about asking that question and wanting my answer. Not producer driven at all, huh? Okay, thanks. So then the next day, they are checking out each other's places and they pull up to Eris's house. And I was like, what the hell? That house was freaking huge for just one person. I was not expecting that at all. I was expecting him to have some like super duper player like... I thought he was going to have like a Nate apartment. Yeah, no. I was not expecting a big old house. Nice house in the suburb. In an ITM, he's saying that since they're coming straight from Jamaica to the new apartment, he hasn't been back to his house. So he hasn't been able to tidy up or anything like that. So, you know, if she does happen to open up a drawer, there might be a bunch of sex toys in there. He doesn't know. What do you mean you don't? It's your house. How do you not know what? what... bought from a sex store. (laughs) How do you not know? Are people bringing their own sex toys and leaving them at your home? Like, the girl. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what this is about. Is this your actual personality? Is this production putting this on you? Is this I your don't house? Know, but it's weird. <laughs> also, that part. Mm-hmm. I thought it was weird that he had fresh flowers on the counter. I'm like, what single man puts yeah. fresh flowers in their house? Oh, not one I've ever seen. Not for just no reason. It was probably her friend. I was here, bitch. <laughs> Uh, so they go into the house and she sees that Eris has his home gym and so that signals to her that this which was sad that his exercising in Jamaica wasn't just an excuse to get away from her he actually like cares about his cardiovascular health and shit but she is also aware that he does need his quote-unquote me time and that becomes ever more present when they go to his man cave which I don't even know why you need if you're in your house by yourself, <laughs> why do you need your another separate room? Like when your living room just right? be the That's man That's true. Cave. I didn't even think about that. It was mm. weird. At least he had time to take down the stripper pole. There's send that. somebody over there. But uh, Jasmine doesn't seem to mind this. She's like, okay, whatever. You can have your man cave in the future as long as I get my beauty room. So whatever. Which I said, fair enough. Yep. Then they go into his bedroom. She seems to be impressed by his shoe collection. She shouldn't be because it ain't shit. Especially says he's he's like, I've been collecting forever. Talk to me when you touch the ceiling. (laughs) (laughs) Or have a whole other bedroom dedicated to your shoes. Or that part. It's like this two-bedroom apartment. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) 
they're looking around the room some more and she sees a picture of Eris's father and uh, his funeral program that he has framed. And he kind of talks about how that was a really difficult time in his life. It was really tense uh, for him and his family. Turned out it was a double funeral because his uncle passed away at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he goes on to talk about not having his dad in his life after 11 and how he still to this day has like a void um, and still kind of longs for that older male influence, I guess, in his life. Yeah. Uh, but Jasmine appreciates that he was willing to open up and be vulnerable with her. Uh, so she's thankful for that. That's and what friends that's are for. They end. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Cold-blooded. I like that. <laughs> that's the show. That's the show. All right. Well, if you have any chisme, again, send it to our social media. On Instagram, we are at Podcast, And on Twitter, we are at Queens. Catch Igby next Wednesday as she live tweets the episode because it's all fun. And five stars, five stars, five stars on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you're enjoying this podcast, that would be helpful. And anything else? Nah, I'm kind of dry this week. I ain't got it. All right, y'all. Bye. See ya. Oh, 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 oh,